Later, boys. What's up? Lots of Texas basketball talk. I love how the only time basketball is talked about now is when it's off the court. Yeah. Well, that's in everything. I mean, college basketball has turned to the NBA. It's all about the uh, the stories of individuals or off the court stuff that generates any sort of interest for this version of the sport. It's what the sport has turned itself into, quite honestly, especially with the transfer portal is a problem on the football side of things. It is it has somehow made college basketball significantly less watchable than it was even five years ago, and it wasn't very watchable five years ago. How has it made it less watchable? And I, I do agree. I mean, I always felt like the proliferation of conferences and this expansion, it's not going to hurt football. I mean, Oregon can fly to Columbus. They're going to do that. They're going to have to fly six times a year. The baseball team, though, you know, it's the other sports where these the NIL or the new conferences, it's really going to affect them. How do you think that the NIL is really affecting college basketball, which was already a watered down, completely bullshit product compared to what we knew as kids? Oh, I didn't. So I know NIL gets lumped into the transfer portal. I did say transfer portal, though. Yeah, right. Yeah, I'm sorry. I was kind of looping it all in there. No, that that's okay. Yeah, I'm 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 definitely referring much more to the transfer portal. I mean, some of it is on NIL with how much player movement there is, but not only is the product not nearly as uh, as good as it was 20 plus years ago, but now it's a bad product that is getting worse because there's so much player movement every off season, and it's even less watchable. Because even with your team, you're having to relearn three-fourths of the fucking roster. And I know this year is a bit of an exception for Texas because of how much the production they lost out of an Elite Eight team. I still have no idea who half these guys are. And I've watched, I'm not even going to act like I've watched all games. I don't watch LHN games. It's just too big of a hassle to, to hack into the Longhorn Network, even utilizing somebody's Spectrum password. Apparently, you can't do that can't use the uh, LHN or you can't get to LHN online with live sporting events, unfortunately. But the games I have watched, it seems clear, one, that uh, these guys have not gelled at all. And two, it just seems like there's some dudes that don't necessarily belong at this level of college basketball. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, I mentioned it and I tried to, I mean, say tried, I just have not. I don't know when their games are, and usually, and look, I can get online, it takes two seconds. I just have not done it. So I didn't watch last night. I didn't know anything that was going on. Apparently, they gave horns down after the game, and Terry got pissed off. The bane of my existence, not because of horns down, Kevin. I don't give a shit about horns down. It's a part of sports. Okay, fine. You don't have your own hand sign. Do horns down. Great. My problem is that once every five years ago or, or so, a UT coach flips out about the horns down thing and it resets the counter, the uh, the dangerous workplace counter. We haven't had an accident in this many days. The higher that number yeah. is, the better off you are. We need yeah. something like that on the UT tower or something. It's been this many days since somebody has freaked out about horns down that's on the longhorn side of things. That counter got reset back to zero last night because Rodney Terry, who is clearly stressed and desperate to find answers right now, let his frustrations out at some UCF players who were flashing the horns down at the UT student section who were probably giving those guys shit all night long because the student section is uh, as rowdy as we've probably ever seen it on the 40 acres. So, like, I, I in a sense, I understand where Rodney Terry was coming from. He didn't come from a bl- bad place necessarily. Like, I think there's a, he has a sort of pride in this school, 
even when the times are tough and his explanation after the fact, it's like win like a champion and lose like a champion. I, I uh, agree with that basic ideology, but I also know that you just reset the fucking counter back to zero. And so now not only are we going to hear more about how soft all Texas fans are because we're being linked to a coach who's throwing a shit fit about it. Uh, people are going to be much more inclined to be doing that to this basketball team and every other Longhorn program for the foreseeable future. You think, look, obviously Big 12 people are looking to talk as much shit about Texas on the way out as they can in game and beyond. You think SEC people aren't going to do that? No, they're probably going to do it even more than Big 12 fans are. They care that much more and they have significantly less give a fuck than Big 12 fans do. Yeah, they're they're not going to write their own material. That that's another great point. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's they're going to be taking something else. But yeah, it's funny as as much as we bathed in the football team outside of the only loss in Big Twelve play was to OU, and they're going to play him again. Kind of giving a finger on the way out to everyone they played, saying we beat you. Basketball could be a turnaround on that. And like I said, I mean, I'd have to go back to like Mike Wacker and Alex Broadway for the last time that I've been this uninvolved or paying attention to the basketball team. Cause I was always, I was a huge basketball guy in the eighties and nineties when uh, it felt like a lot of kids that liked UT football or baseball and baseball didn't really care. So I don't really know much to be honest. So I'm going to have to kind of pick your brain. I mean, I've seen him a little bit, but it looks like, I mean, the the one game I saw, you know, I don't, yeah, DeSue had not come back yet, but it looked like they had some talent. I mean, you made it sound like they're not very talented. Dylan Mitchell's turned a corner. Max Asmus, undersized for a shooting guard, but he has the ability to fill it up. I think Tyrese Hunter has proven over the last few years that he is a bona fide point guard at a big-time program. But there are just a lot of pieces that don't seem to fit all that well together. And look, I understand Ace Miss is your most consistent scorer right now. He's a bit of an albatross on offense. Like he's one of those guys who once he gets the ball, dudes just end up standing around waiting for him to do the inevitable in that shoot. Like it's okay on nights where he's having a good game, but he's had good games recently. This team's still losing because they're just not engaged. And a, a sort of disengagement on the offensive end can become problematic on the other end as well to go along with the fact that you are seriously undersized on the outside with Hunter and Acemas as your guards. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. They, they've they got two bigger guys down low, but uh, it's Shedrick, right? I saw – he He's dealing with the lower back issue. You would I don't know if you were watching when he got hurt a couple of games ago. I think it was against Tech. He hit hard. Like, it looked like he kind of – tweak something in his lower back it made me cringe I'm sure it would have made you cringe too I'm like oh this guy's gonna miss a couple of games and even when he comes back he's probably gonna look a little bit limited mobility wise like that's where he is right now well he's got that like girdle that I've worn like with my lower back you know you guys would mock me at the radio station he was wearing that on the on the bench I saw the other night I thought Mm -hmm. uh that's not good I know what that is no it's (laughs) not good at all all right so I guess I'm not missing much, huh? No, I'm not missing much either because I'm probably watching uh, a very small amount more than you are. And it's one of those years where I'm okay with not investing too much time or any emotional capacity 
to a program that traditionally I have loved, just like you. Coming off the BMW days with this program, I probably liked basketball a little bit more than football, if I'm being completely honest. And then you know things change over time, but sad or maybe it's okay. Yeah, it's actually not sad. I'm okay. The Texas basketball team isn't very good this year. I've, I've accepted that. Find, find time for other things. And they were right. And they were fun last year. I mean, I haven't gotten sure. that emotionally invested in probably a little while with the team. They were a likable team, a fun team. Um, yeah, I don't think I ever loved them more than football or baseball. I defended them more. Mm. You know, they, they were the uh, Cooper Manning, if mm. I'm uh, Archie. You know, everyone talks about Peyton and Eli. But let me tell you about Coop. Coop's a smart kid. You should see some of the real estate deals he's doing. You should see his son. Um, so, you know, Texas fans just didn't talk about basketball. So in the late 80s, early 90s, especially at school, I love talking about it. So uh, I still love it and almost not, not embarrassed. But, yeah, I mean, I, it's just kind of telling to me that I really haven't gotten into it. Some of it's just personal stuff and work stuff. So, but um, I guess I'm not missing much. But I couldn't believe this morning just my timeline, how fired up people were. And like you said, 99.9% of Texas fans don't give a shit about the upside down horns. It's honestly, it's, it's really more of a compliment. Well, and that has changed over time too, because when I first moved back to Austin and start started doing sports radio, people were freaking out about that. And I'm like, guys, calm down. The more you care, the more it's going to antagonize or it's going more is going to cause our opponents to antagonize us with that. And I think a lot more people have adopted that attitude now, but I think there's also a little bit of hypocrisy going on amongst some who are claiming Rodney Terry to be some sort of horrible human being because he did that last night. Like that's that's a gross overreaction too. Like what Rodney Terry did last night, like it comes from a place of being lost and confused and frustrated and feeling the pressure but it came from a good place also like he didn't want to see the university disrespected he just was unable to read the room and get that nobody else was all that disrespected yeah. in that moment he was the one guy in the building who was and by the way it, it is bush league to do that if you're in a, a handshake line or about to get in one i mean it, it's not a big deal and i certainly would not have said anything about it but it also is bush league but you're playing UCF. You're playing UCF. They weren't doing it to your guys in their faces. They were directing it towards the UT students. Yeah, is it cla- is it classy? No, but it's also fucking sports. I mean, give yeah, me a break. Who cares? Yeah. Um, and like you said, he's frustrated with other stuff. I mean, the job may be too big for him. You know, CDC really got put in a, you know, a, a bind because I doubt he wanted to hire him. Roddy Terry is a great guy, did a great job with the team last year. He'd been at two other spots. Well, they're different than Texas. All right. You know, I mean, that was the fair point you would give people and say, all right, maybe he can do it here. And couldn't do it at UTEP. Couldn't do it at, what was the other one? Fresno. Fresno, right. Um, okay. But CDC was forced to do that and had to do that. And... He's probably thinking right now he's in the spot like I saw this coming. Um, and we're also still early on, so we'll see if he can pull out of it. But I looked at their schedule, and the Big 12 is not easy. Like, this kind of was their easy path to build up a nice record in the Big 12. 
Six straight games against ranked opponents, and a majority of those final 14 games are against ranked teams. So if you can get it figured out and start to win games, you still have a shot to make it to March Madness. But this can also get a lot uglier before it's all said and done to where it maybe does force Chris Del Conte's hand and have him go through another or a men's basketball coaching search. Once the season is over with, if this team loses 12 or 14 games, I don't know if Rodney Terry returns next year. Like things have taken too big of a nosedive at that point. Even if it was a weird hand that he was dealt with this year with losing as much production as he was and both highly touted recruits that were signed and coming in decided to go play pro basketball instead. So that's, weird that's year, right. roster construction is also the name of the game in college yes. sports period, but especially in college basketball. I can will continue to say that it is the biggest thing that separated Chris Beard early on at Texas Tech and what allowed him to start to achieve such quick success as Texas and now Ole Miss too is he is so adept at building a roster and he was ahead of the curve with regards to the transfer portal or the uh, grad transfer portal and now the transfer portal in general. He understands how to use utilize those things and he's also a good judge of basketball character to know who and what is going to work in the system that he's running on both ends of the floor. Yeah, you're right. I mean, I was about to say, you know, yeah, you can say, well, give him a break, come some slack. Cause this year, you know, end up losing Ron Holland. Um, and he goes, you know, ends up going to do the G league thing, unite, whatever. And this guy transfers here and this guy didn't transfer and it didn't work out, whatever. Yeah. That's the name of the game though. That's not going anywhere. So you have to hire people who can do that. So you can say this is a one-off, but this is really more what it's going to be year to year in the foreseeable future in college basketball. Agreed. Hey, quick programming note that I need to tell you about before we shift to something else. BK is going to be hopping on at 445 because Viv has a uh, has something at school that she is participating in. She's doing a spelling bee Olympics. At five o'clock. So cool. Good luck. To Rick Perry Elementary School to see if she can kick some kids' butts in the spelling bee Olympics. Do they have to say the word, then do it, then finish the word? Great question. I will report back on Tuesday with that because I have not watched a spelling bee in I don't know, since seventh grade, since I was in seventh grade. So 13, 14 years old. They tried to um, ESPN tried to really pump that up. I don't know if they're still showing that. I'm guessing in the dog days of summer, it gets an audience. And kids, people love watching kids compete. As weird as that is, oh, it's weird. The Little League World Series is a good example of that. Didn't you have to call a couple of Little League World Series games? Yes. Or regional games? Yes. Sorry. Yeah, no, I did. You just kind of put me in a trance with the whole Little League thing, getting back into the days in Waco. Call like 10 games in one day. No AC in the, uh, it's parents. Everything about it is so creepy. I mean, you know, I, I was waiting for Chris Hansen to show up with a camera. I mean, look, I, I have to admit that I'm involved in some 
uh, fantasy little league baseball leagues when we get to those regionals and then that championship round in, in Williamsport. So uh, we all have our levels of creepiness, I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And, and, and obviously not pedophilic and well, some of them probably were, but the parents weren't, but they're like just the overbearing nature and how nervous they were. And I'm like, I know it's little league all-stars, but like get a grip. You know, I mean, the fact that your kid's competing in this, that's the best thing in win or lose, whatever. Yeah. And you care a whole lot more than they do about winning or losing also, which is probably another telltale sign that you need to get a grip. Yeah, no, the kid should care more. And then if the kid's really down after a loss, it's a good life lesson. You're not going to win them all, yada, yada, yada. The whole deal. All right, so 445, you're taking off, huh? 445, spelling bee, Olympics. All right. How many kids competing, do we know? No, it's going to be, oh boy, this is going to stereotype here, but it's a positive stereotype, so it's good, right? There's probably going to be, uh, we've got a decent chunk of uh, Asian Indian kids in the district, so there's that's going to be well represented. Some Asian How kids. Dare you? Kids. How dare you? Positive stereotyping. Yeah. I think everyone, we all knew what you were going to say, too. I mean, we all could have put money on it. And I probably gone Indian first, but a, alphabetically, I get it. Well, I said Asian Indian. There's not going to be a bunch of uh, Native Americans participating in the spelling bee. Is oh, Asian, in, I think I'm Asians and, okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to give the uh, the Goodwill hunting line, the, uh, the Dots Feathers line, because that was a step too far. All right. Well, Viv, Viv, you're, you know, you're supporting, uh, got a lot of people that, you know, want you to show for the white girls out there. Go get them. Is that your pregame speech? Uh, no, it's just going to be good luck. Double D says baseball parents are the worst. Had one yelling at me that the T-ball team I coached wasn't practicing correctly. Yeah. Ouch. Yeah, I'll say this: the coaches were the best. It was because the coaches had to deal with it. Um, it was just, and not all parents. There were a lot of good parents too. Yeah, some of the parents that were there, like it's one of those it's like a bad cop or a bad doctor or bad pilot. Like you just can't have even a small percentage be bad. It's too important of a job. And if you're a parent, and if you've got two parents of your group that are loud and obnoxious, your team's going to be thought of by normal human beings that are witness, witnessing the whole thing and observing it from the outside to the psychotic inside. There is a coach in our volleyball league. I think his team ended up moving up this last season because this was a year ago that I had to watch this play out. Not only did he constantly yell at his team of second and third grade girls and have them all terrified and clearly not just uncomfortable, but really miserable having to play for this fat asshole. But he was also blatantly cheating in the tournament, too. Like, changing the order up so he could get his strong servers serving again. And it took everything in my power not to just completely cuss the guy out. I, I probably should have done what Rodney Terry should have last night and figured out a way to talk to him behind closed doors. It was deplorable, though. And unsurprisingly, we quote-unquote, upset his team in the first round, even though I knew that we would win because our team liked playing together. 
They weren't playing scared because they didn't want to be yelled at by some fat ass. Did you go up to him when you shook his hand? And went... <laughs> no, if I would have been doing anything that he's probably rooting for at the college level, it would have been a thumbs down. Yeah, probably. That's not my style. Um, trying to get a cleanup from last week. Is there anything? Uh... We talked. I had, good, I, had, I had a pretty good show. You were off. Yeah, I was off on Tuesday. Oh, we can't. We we don't all have great days each and every day. It's just no, that we don't. When uh, a lot of people have bad days, well, they don't have to talk to uh, a big group of people. It's I know we do. That's how that was. Always, that was always the weirdest thing about that about that job. You know, is that like you have a bad day, like everyone. I mean, you can have a bad day and kind of hide in your cubicle, and it's like no one really knows it. Exactly. So we talked Saban on Tuesday. Yep. Did you have any Belichick thoughts? I forget if we talked Belichick or not. Yeah, we did a tad. Uh, it's just, it's odd looking at it. I don't know what's left with him. I also, it'd be weird because I totally understand him coming in with wanting to have all the leverage of, dude, I'm the GOAT. Like, I'm going to have a hand in personnel, period. Um, That's a deal breaker. And, yeah, and then being like, Bill, we love you. We really want you to run the defense. Um, and be the head coach. Uh, we got a quarterback in place, get a young OC, we're gonna run this, and you're not touching personnel. You can be in the room, but that's you can it. have major say so on the defensive side of the ball, too, personnel wise, right. to your point. But offense, no, sorry. We've seen this song and dance for the last five plus years now. Right. Yeah. And, and, and skill positions, even offensive line. We've seen the caliber of play slip with that unit too. Heavy on the plus two of the five. They they were winning Super Bowls and he wouldn't draft him that well. Is that right? Yeah. Like their last Super Bowl, not not during the, oh, the I see. Okay. Yeah. The run where Pioli and and it did everything set up. But right. yeah. They have not been drafting that well. But, yeah, I mean, really nothing else on that. It's crazy just how wide open. I mean, think about everything that can happen. What if Harbaugh does leave? Brian Kelly takes that job. You have LSU, Bama, Florida's going to be open next year. Um, you know, Texas is walking into an SEC that that is changing. And college football, too. <laughs> DJ, I was going to say a lot of Armenian white kids. Well, you would be... Right, with at least one of those Armenian white kids. That's great. I don't know if Armenians are technically white or not. Like, are the Kardashians considered white people? Oh God, the, the definition of white people. Oh, I don't know if our, I don't know if Armenians are, but the Kardashians are. Right, is Steve Sarkeesian a white guy? Um, that's a closer call. I don't know. I, I would ask him how he identifies that day. Is Mike Sweetat a white guy? Is what? My K-Dad, a white guy, because he's a hundred percent armo. No, he's nothing. He's just a smooth cat. He's a smooth operator. Yeah. <laughs> That's got its own different race. Don't you love Jerry Jones? Uh I mean, I do because I don't have to deal with them. The frustration though of Cowboys fans. Um that's the other thing, too. You can get grouped if you know there's a heavy group of both. Right. 
and there's a heavy group of Longhorn and Cowboy fans, Longhorn or Aggie and Cowboy fans, right? And if you're going through shit with something else, something like the Rodney T- Terry thing can just stoke stoke the fire a little bit more. I don't know if I'm right about that, but I, I know there are a lot of Cowboy fans who are just pissed off with the news that McCarthy's coming back. Yeah. They all yeah. they all also recognize that McCarthy's not the biggest problem either. That as long yeah. as Jerry's in place, it do, like doesn't matter that much. No, and and look, we said it this year. It surprised me. Their offense was better with him calling plays. Like, yeah, I'll give him credit on that. He's won twelve games three straight years. Um, to play devil's advocate here, right? Yeah, they're offensively. That's what he's brought in for. I mean, really, Dan Quinn, the guy who may get a head coaching job. You get on them, or you can get on Clay and the front office and say, we didn't have defensive tackles, and we lose one or two inside linebackers, and we're fucked. Um, but we didn't have the tackles to be a run-stopping defense anyway. And, you know, that that's built in the offseason. So there are other issues there. Right? But do I think McCarthy is the answer? No. No. <laughs> I never did. No. So it's possible after next season, the Cowboys will be looking for a new head coach and a new starting quarterback too. Like my guess is that they move on from Dak, even if Dak has another good regular season, if they either miss the playoffs or go 0-1 in the playoffs, like has happened three times now, excuse me, two times now in the Mike McCarthy era and what that would be a third time. That's it's probably it for both guys. You can maybe argue Dak back onto things because he does have a history with the franchise and a sort of relatability, but he's also going to be entering his mid thirties by that point. So are you going to pony up $200 million for a four to six year contract? No. For a guy who's about to be in his mid thirties, take good care of himself. So it's conceivable that he could keep this quality of play up, too. but there's no guarantees, especially with a complete lack of success in the playoffs that you're looking at too. Yep. I wouldn't do it. Uh, if you can ball on a budget with a, obviously a CJ Stroud contract, that's the ideal thing. And I know you're not going to run into CJ. The problem is he's a top 10 quarterback, whether it's nine or 10 or maybe even 11 or 12 or seven or eight from week to week. It is, you know, he's in that spot, that area and has been for the most part. Do yep. you give that up and risk what could be on the other side where you're in quarterback hell? Because Stroud is an anomaly and he still went number two overall. You didn't get him, you know, Brock Purdy. You know, that 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 is still the craziest story of talking about a system. The fact that that guy, Mr. Irrelevant, is leading what could be a Super Bowl winning team. Um so that's the gamble they have to take. And the market's the market. You're you're overpaying for everything. I mean, you're everything in the restaurant is overpriced. So like if you if you want lobster, get fucking lobster. And so you're already overpaying for quarterbacks no matter who you get, unless you get unless you want to really restart it and get someone, draft someone and gamble there, which is why this draft, next draft, I would already, I mean, I would have already been doing it, but I'd draft a quarterback, may even be a fifth rounder, and you may take three in a row from the fourth, sixth, seventh, fifth, whatever round. 
um, and you may end up cutting three of them in the next four years. But one may pan out too, or at least be a good enough of a stopgap that you don't have to give someone like Dak at that age who doesn't seem to be a big game quarterback um, that type of money. And more importantly, screw the money. Like I said, the market's a market. More importantly, tie yourself down to him at 34, right? Yeah. If the play really does decline. You think Penix will be there at the end of the first round? That's a great question. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't, I doubt it. I mean, I, I think teams are gambling more on quarterbacks now, even with the first rounder. I mean, you want to be right about that, but it's worth it if you hit. And I don't see Penix lasting much longer than what, 35, 36. I mean, I don't see him, you know, the early second round. Yeah. But my guess is uh, these teams fall in love with quarterbacks. They're going to look at his film. He's got the two ACLs from Indiana. They're going to look at his film. And, yeah, I mean, my guess is he goes like 11, 12, 13 overall because that's what happens over the next couple months. I forget, was Caden Proctor one of your clients at Morgan Stanley? No, we we recruited him. Um, Tyler Booker. The guy next to him, left guard, was. Um, but, yeah, no, I mean, he was he's from, like, from the Iowa area. Um, but, yeah, I think he already had a guy. But I think that's pretty much done deal was going to Iowa, right? Is that right? I think so, yeah. Interesting decision by him. I guess the uh, the region makes sense. Yeah, Alabama continues to hemorrhage guys, a couple of whom, or at least one of whom, Texas is still in on. Looks like uh, Nye Black is at Texas right now making an official visit. and That deal is all but done with Caleb Downs still out there, the extremely talented, soon-to-be true sophomore safety, but it also looks like Georgia has an inside track on him right now. So the two names that Longhorn fans should be paying closest attention to in the transfer portal, Nye Black, and then Jabbar Muhammad from Washington. Dude, I'll give him credit, man. I mean, all, all the spots they needed to hit, we'll see if they're the right guys. Um, but they hit. They, I, I, You know, I like Gunnar Helm a lot, but with injury, with anything, and have another tight end who can really go. So I know they're looking at the Stanford kid. Apparently, they, if there is a pecking order, they like this kid a little bit more from Bama. Yeah. Um. And then they got a linebacker from Bama. I don't know about that one. I mean, he didn't play much at Bama. So, like a decent special teams guy who may provide depth at linebacker. Yeah. Uh, Muhammad could be huge. They've added to the secondary. Uh, Yeah. I mean, getting Proctor, I I would have taken that in a heartbeat. I just still think he's always going to have to worry about his body and and getting in the right shape. Mm. Um, But, He's a massive guy, but uh, offensive line would have been maybe the other thing to add. But they added the receiver, tight end, linebacker. Um, defensive tackle is a little worrisome for next year. Mm. So they have, obviously they lose Trill Carter. They have Vernon Broughton coming back. Alfred Collins is a possibility. Sadir Mitchell, people are really high on. Alex January coming in as a true freshman from... I- I thought Colin said he, or I thought Alfred said he is coming back. And I thought, is Broughton up in the air or am I just off? Broughton's coming back too. Byron Murphy and Sweat are definitely gone. Yep. 
And as far as the interior guys, I think that's it. Other than guys who have trans transferred out like Trill Carter. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if those guys can play well, then they'll be fine. They, they need depth there, but more long-term too, because I know they lost a kid that was coming in with Bo Davis leaving. I'll be curious who he hires there. He's been, he's been shooting pretty high. So. Yeah. The it guys reported last night. I think that they're looking at the NFL ranks right now, which if you're an NFL coach, I don't know, maybe you're not in a great situation. You're looking for a change of pace and Texas has obviously got the ball rolling nicely right now, but. I will not understand any NFL coach going back down or going down to the college level with the insane amount of work that you're pretty much having to do 24 7, 365 now. Not just would, recruiting guys, but keeping guys on campus too. Bingo. I mean, I, I would have hated it 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, but now it's even worse. But I mean, yeah, you tell you tell any adult, uh, oh, now, you know, you said just a change of pace. Yeah, here's the pace. Now you get to go, go, go 24 7. You know, go to Nowheresville iowa and go recruit this kid and kiss the parents ass and kiss his ass oh that sounds fun <laughs> exactly uh so yeah I, do you have any thoughts on belichick to close that i just think that whoever is getting bill belichick is going to get a guy who will likely set the wins record with your franchise but i don't know if you're ever going to be a bona fide Super Bowl contender with him. Like, I think he's lost it to that level. And not letting him make personnel decisions neutralizes that to a degree. He still has a lot of say-so, be say-so with the coaches that he's bringing in. And that it's less of a problem on defense. Or defense has still been pretty good. That's a, That has been a huge problem on offense. It just has. So that's it is what it is. Now, if he goes to a team like Atlanta – where he is interviewed twice. Well, you're potentially a quarterback away from that offense almost being Belichick proof, but you're also still a quarterback away back to the point that you made a few minutes ago. There's no guarantees with that. Desmond Ritter, probably not the guy just going to be able to <laughs> take out. Probably. Yeah. De- Desmond Ritter, not the guy where you're going to be able to find that guy and probably somewhere between 10 and 12 in the draft or in free agency. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's a uh, tough pill to swallow. Boy, uh, Phoenix might make sense in Atlanta, though. Belichick or not. That I mean, because he seems, in terms of the guys who are going to be available right now, maybe the most ready just because of how long he has been playing college football. Just what that arm strength is and accuracy all over the field, too. But he'll also be a rookie in the NFL, so there are always lumps that have to be taken for young guys entering the league. You think the Texans have a really good shot to beat Baltimore? I think they do have a shot, yeah. I think Baltimore has been resting their most important starters for three weeks now, which we've seen this play out in the recent past. Back in 2019, also the one seed, also sitting their guys out the last week of the regular season, and they got upset by an okay Tennessee Titans team that had Derek uh, Henry, a salty defense. Ryan Tannehill who's able to make plays off of play action. And they, uh, I want to say they beat Baltimore pretty handily that night too. So the Texans are playing really well on both sides of the ball. And so I'm 
as somebody who doesn't really have a dog in the fight, I'm excited to see this. I'm happy for my Houston friends and family who do like or love this franchise that this is maybe the most fun this franchise has ever been to root for. Even with Watson and uh, the DeAndre Hopkins era, Andre Johnson prior to that. like this- oh, 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 this one. I was thinking Love You Blue. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Yeah, no, that uh, we have to separate the Oilers and the yeah. Texans until the NFL does the right thing, and that's ripped the Oilers' rights away from the Adamses and the Tennessee Titans and give it back to the city that has uh, shed tears or whatever emotional toll on the Love You Blue. So, oh, I forgot how – I mean, I didn't forget. Probably not, but I'll consider it. Those uniforms are so sharp, man, when they wore those this year. You forget – you know, you you know they're so great, but then you see him again, you're like, oh my god. Yeah, I, people are just like wearing the gear around these days. I see it on social media and elsewhere. Like people are just wearing oiler shit because it's a cool look. Yeah, it's such a great color. It's why people wear North Carolina stuff. Very true. So you Carolina or UCLA stuff? You Carolina fan? Nah, I just like the color, man. I feel like you've said that you were a Carolina fan back as back when you were a kid in part because of the colors. Is that right? Nope. Florida state. Um, but I had Carolina gear. I remember I'd play pick up like even in high school and college and I had some Carolina like practice shorts and um, not from them that I bought, you know, but people were like, you know, oh, you're Carolina guy. I'm like, no. I'm oh, like, by the way, our raw milk guy is still in business. So Let's be in touch once we turn off the cameras and microphones. You're about to have some raw milk. That's right. Raw milk at your disposal. Is that how you milk? I've milked before, but it's been so long. I bet your thumbs come into play there. Well, yeah, you you do a little massage at the top when you're grabbing. (laughs) Grabbing that udder. Oh, my God. Yeah, we got football this week. Uh, we're almost done, man. You're almost, almost done. And, uh, yeah, this is when I always really miss college basketball because it it, it really was our savior. Um, I mean, you and I were both in the NBA at this point in the, the cat sports calendar year. But college basketball was, it's the amount that you got it. And college football's turned into that, you know, where it's like, hey, I got a Tuesday game, I got a Thursday game, you know, we got the Monday game, then we got the. So you get a lot of it throughout the week. And now we're at a spot where it's like, no, nah, but it's once or twice a week. That's all you're getting. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bummer. At least you have college baseball, which starts up. Yeah. When the Super Bowl comes to an end. So you get college baseball into major league baseball and then football's back before too long. Yeah. And you get older. It's not that having a break. It's probably good for you. You don't need to watch sports 365. Yeah. I'm sure that the spring football leagues are going to improve competition wise and quality of play wise. Like I I'm all right with a football off season. I mean, are, are they really though? I know they're combining. So theoretically they will, but. Yeah, as much as I love football, it's funny. I just cannot get into that stuff. I never and, – and and it, it flies in the face of what you and I talk about with the problem with college basketball or the NBA draft where you don't know anyone anymore. 
Um, some of these guys, a lot of them you know. I just I don't know why the care factor is not there because there is an investment of time and oh, that's where Van Malone is. Shit, there was a good Nickelback here, good special teams player. Um, you know, it's there, but I still don't care. Do you care at all? No, about the Houston no. Gunslingers or whatever. No, I have a hard time caring about the UT Orange White game. Well, April how dare you? You're like, I'll I'll watch it, I'll take notes, but to like drum up emotional opinions about what I've seen in the game. Sorry, glorified practice. It's like glorified real football games is what the UFL is now. With the USFL and XFL that have combined to make the UFL, that's that's what it's going to be. And I think they're going to be well-run businesses. and They'll be marketed really well, and The Rock will get his face out there, and he'll call all his buddies up to help drum up interest. But ultimately, it's a second-class football league for guys who are hanging on to that dream for dear life. Yeah, I mean, but is is it gonna? He's may call up all of his buddies and drum up interest for investments, but he's not gonna call up everyone to actually go to the game in Mobile, Alabama. They playing everyone in every game in Alabama, no I matter think, what teams are playing. I like think last year has that not returned to each of the home cities are going to be hosting games. Shit, man, I don't know. I, I I don't know either. I mean, it would. It would behoove them to have games being played in the home cities that the teams are being called by, but you may be right about that. I think that he's going to get people, assuming that they're in different cities, he's going to get people out to the games. And it's going to be like, oh, Diamond Dallas Page showed up at the halftime of the Dallas uh, Dallas Buffons and the Houston uh, the Houston Gamblers. Oh my gosh, it's uh, Jake the Snake Roberts is there. It's not going to be all wrestlers. The Rock has plenty of other Hollywood connections. I was going to ask you who the first guy was. Jake the Snake, though, I got it. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page, another wrestler who has transitioned into yoga instructor. Of course. Chad used to do his yoga program. Okay, all right. I know. Never, never mind. Never mind. I yoga program. We're we're having fun right now, but the yoga program has apparently helped a lot of sedentary people to get their bones moving again. Good for him, then. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Shut up, Kevin. What? Um, uh, yeah, I mean, look, you can drum up so much interest, but when people are tuning into the games, the, the product either needs to be good or you're going to be tuning out pretty quickly. And regardless, there's some people who are okay, like you and me, with an extended football offseason. It's all right if we're not getting to 20 regular season NFL games. I know the college slate is about to go up significantly for teams that make the 12-team playoff and end up playing for a championship or play to the semifinals. Like they're going to be playing a similar number of games to division two and division three, which have had that expanded playoff for a while now, but it's all right. If we don't continue to find ways to grow in terms of how long every season is lasting in every sport, every five to 10 years, I don't need baseball going into November. I just don't. I I agree. And the playoff fine, cut the regular season down by a little bit. But the problem with that is it cuts into the potential revenue 
for all teams, but especially those teams who don't make the postseason. I would argue that those teams may be wasting money anyhow because how many people are showing up to fucking A's games? Yeah, A's are an extreme example. Though. A's are the extreme example, but plenty of other games, and I know baseball attendance was up this year, but plenty of other teams who aren't aren't huge draws. Like, I know Tampa's had this issue for a long time. That may be an extreme example, but, like, there are franchises that are closer to Tampa than they are what the, the Astros have been pulling in for a long time now, what the Rangers started pulling in this last year. Cut, cutting those games down could actually help those types of teams out. Yeah, the, the owner won't buy that. It's still worth it. They make, the, they make the numbers work, trust me. I mean, unless it's one of those A's games you're talking about, but if 17,000 people show up or 11,000 even to go see the Royals play, they're making money off of it, even if they're 30 games under 500. Are they? 11,000 people is making money? In well, the- and they don't have 11,000 show up. It'd be 20,000 or whatever. Um, but on a, a like for a place like that, even if they're under, you know, mm. I mean, I, I doubt they're taking a loss on that. Otherwise, the owners, those owners would be fighting for less games. I would imagine that what is being made... I haven't seen the books, though, so I don't fucking know. I I would imagine that what's being made per game is similar in terms of attendance, of actual attendance, stadium to stadium. Obviously, there's going to be price differences. A hot dog and a beer are going to cost more in New York, California maybe Chicago, then someplace like Tampa or Kansas City. But I would imagine that the revenue being brought in is somewhat similar on a per-game basis based on average population. Hey, speaking average of, I speaking of what, What's that? No, go ahead, finish. I'm sorry. I, I'm, just, I'm just wondering what those numbers are and where, it, where you're operating in the black versus operating in the red in terms of uh, attendance on a given day. I would love to see that the baseball players have always tried to get the real books and the owners never give them. So, Oh, is that? And baseball actually has the best players association in sports. Yeah. Based on guaranteed money. And because baseball owners have been claiming we're poor and we're losing money and no one's buying it. Hmm. They're not losing money. Um, They may not be making exactly what they want. Hey, I saw a story today that the White Sox are looking at trying to move two and a half miles north. Um, two and a half miles north? Yeah, like the Roosevelt. Holy shit. I mean, they're not, they're kind of central at that point. I know they're they're technically south of 290 still, but wow. It's getting dangerously close to north side, Kevin. Yeah. Go to, um, yeah, and it's actually on Clark. Go to cbssports.com and click under baseball. You can pull this up for the people. Didn't they build that stadium? Like, I remember when they built it, man, because my, my grandma lived, they were off Michigan Avenue, but like early on in my, in my life, in the 80s, they lived in a, a high rise condo, but it was the furthest, it was furthest south of like that main strip, right? So way over the river and from their place, you could see not only the rail yards and everything, but you could see old Comiskey. And I remember seeing new Comiskey being built. It's pretty cool. All right. White Sox and serious talks 
about new ballpark closer to downtown. I think it would be smart for them. I mean, you're right. It's not that far away, but no, I mean, it's not a great area. And I say that with my dad growing up right around there. I mean, it's, you know, I don't think that stops a ton of people, but this would just be closer. Still on the South side quote. Yeah. Roosevelt road and Clark street. And as you, uh, did you just point this out that Clark is one of the roads that Wrigley is on too? Yep. So yeah, two and a half miles north, putting the ballpark closer to downtown, similar in latitude to Soldier Field, and not far from the Mag Mile. It's still a decent distance from Mag Mile. Decent. But yeah, no, that is really close to downtown at that point. I forget if Roosevelt is below... No, I think Roosevelt is north of uh, 18th Street. Wow, golly. Yeah, maybe more people will go to White Sox games. They've had an issue with that for a long time now. That that The new and the old ballparks are right off the red line, I believe, or the orange line. Yeah. But it's still a bit of a pain to get there. And there's not a whole lot else out there either, unlike Wrigley, obviously, where you've got the neighborhood and all the bars and restaurants. And uh, just a uh, friendlier, more accommodating feel, even if it just devolves into complete debauchery most nights. I think that's the biggest thing. They don't get any pre and post traffic, you know. I mean, people go there and and fucking, you know, look look behind their fucking, you know, both shoulders when they get to their car, get in there, lock them up, let's get the hell out of here. Yep. We're not stopping to get a burger down the road. No, no, you're uh, you're getting back home into your home territory before you get the burger. All right, Roosevelt. Oh God, they're going to be in South Loop at that point. Jeez. So it's pretty close to downtown. This isn't Southside anymore. They are. They are. I, 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 that, that's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> wow. Like my dad certainly wouldn't call that Southside. No, they're in the Loop. It's South Loop, but they're in the Loop. Jeez. Oh, good luck with that, White Sox fans. I bet my wife is, uh, Justine is a White Sox fan. I she bet like that. I bet she's not going to be thrilled about that. Oh, there's a better chance she'd go to a game there than at Comiskey probably, right? I don't know. It's a good question. We went to a handful of games. She's just not okay. the biggest baseball fan. She wholly admits that she jumped on the bandwagon for their championship. And when was that, 2005? Yeah. So, yeah, she she jumped onto the bandwagon. She doesn't know most years. She's like, oh, how are the White Sox doing? I look at her like, you think I know? I barely follow the Rangers most years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not paying attention to your mediocre to bad franchise. They had a chance of actually being good a few years ago, and then it all fell apart. I don't even know what happened there. They had a good young rotation. Oh, the White Sox? Yeah, good group of uh, good core group of position guys, and then they just – Turn to the land of suck. Yeah, last- I, I, I kind of wonder about the culture there. Um, who's our boy from uh, who went to the Astros this year? A brand you, you know, he was kind of the 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 main guy, the older elder statesman Latino who kind of kept everyone in check. But that you know, they just had guys just kind of wonder the commitment, whether it's Jimenez or Yoan Mancata. 
Um, Makata is always hurt. He hasn't lived up to his talent. Eloy has been hurt. Who's the other big ass son of a bitch they have in the outfield? Um, number 88, Luis Robert. Um, they've got they've got some really talented guys. I know what you're saying, but it's just kind of all fizzled. So do you have anything you need to do right now? I've got some live reads I can get to if so. Uh Yeah, give, give me give me one sec here. I'll be listening. Sound. You mess up, but I'll be on the phone. Well, he makes his phone call. I'm going to let you know about a couple of sponsors here of Texas Sports Unfiltered. We're going to start with Tom McKay and audio-visual consultations. You always hear us talking to you about audio-visual consultations and how they do such an exceptional job in hooking up TVs, audio systems, homes and place of businesses as well. That's all true. I've had audiovisual consultations out to my place on a couple of different occasions. First to take care of a downstairs living room situation where we tried to do things ourselves. It was a patchwork operation. I got made fun of mercilessly by Tom for how Bush League it looked. Fortunately, uh, Tom is a generous dude. He said, look, this is what we're going to do. We're still going to incorporate some of this gear that you bought thinking that it was going to pull off a surround sound setup that is clearly not. We'll use it as part of a legitimate surround sound. Sure enough, they did. A couple years ago, we actually had them back out to hook up a TV upstairs in a loft area. That has turned into the video game nook. I actually hear my kids upstairs right now enjoying that as they play their Fortnite or FIFA or Madden or something else like that. They'd love to help you out as well. And they do more than hooking up TVs and audio systems, everything from remote capabilities to computer and automation services, phone systems, electrical services and lighting control, even security surveillance systems. My wife has been talking about us getting a security surveillance system. If and when we do that, I'll be going through audiovisual consultations. You should as well. AVConsultations.com is the website. Phone number 512-255-8678. That's 512-255-8678 for audiovisual consultations. Also want to let you know about my buddy Steve, a.k.a. Cooter. He is the man behind Pest Wranglers. That's right, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers, Pest Wranglers. Been taking care of people's pest problems here in Central Texas going all the way back to 2006. At that time, they established a motto that they have abided by since then. Effective, reliable, affordable. A secondary motto is we treat you, the customer, exceptionally. How do I know that? Because they've got a bunch of five-star ratings and reviews saying as much. Steve cares about people. That trickles down. He treats his employees well. His employees in turn will treat you, the customer, well. You can find out for yourself. Go to pestwranglers.com to gather more info. Also to sign up, to contact them for that free estimate. Again, pestwranglers.com. And even though we don't do where we at in society during three to five, Pest Wranglers also sponsor of where we at in society each and every day on the midday show. And while we are at it, uh, some love to Top Gun, our guy, Brandon Mars, huge Texas fan. Uh, Top Gun has all of the equipment rentals that you need. Syntex uh, tickets. If you've got tickets needs, Syntex tickets would love to help you out there. And plenty of other great sponsors here. Texas Sports Unfiltered. Allstat Beer obviously does a great job. I'm seeing Allstat Beer everywhere these days. Allstat has its footprint all across the great state of Texas. 
near Brood, very close to Austin, as you're well aware. If you've ever been out to the uh, Fredericksburg area, you have seen Allstats headquarters, that uh, that German-looking construction on the outskirts of town. I still haven't actually spent any time out there. I drive past it all the time, going to visit family in Kerrville. Every time I tell my wife, we need to make a, a plan to stop by Allstat to or from Kerrville. You should uh, consider something like that as well. Otherwise, you can grab all stats uh, all across this great state. They're in HEB and lots of bars and restaurants as well. All stat beer. Uh, no ingredients, no regrets. Oh boy, few ingredients, no regrets. I, I forget what the other uh, slogan is. My apologies, all stat. Looking at the YouTube comments line now, DJ is asking if we can have the NFL all year long. Take steroids, meth, PCP, take as much of that stuff as you want to. I'm all for the legalization <laughs> of performance-enhancing drugs for professional sports, DJ. But I am going to have to re- reject your outright sarcasm right now. Um, I do know what he's saying, though. Like, I mean, I, I, I miss the NFL. It used to be such a transition. Evan and I were talking about this, buddy, buddy of ours, and he was saying, man, he was like, when college football ended, it was sad, but it wasn't, there wasn't this part of your, you know, empty, obviously boring soul that's like, what am I going to do now? Um, you just transitioned, you know, more into college hoops, more into the NBA. And hopefully at some point we'll get back to that. But yeah, a 12 year old Kevin Dunn wouldn't be happy. Although he wouldn't know. He would just watch college basketball and be like, you know, you take 18 threes, you clank 16 of them. I mean, some of these fucking missiles that are going up to the backboard now. I mean, Jesus Christ. Fucking take cover. Don't try and box out and rebound. You know, find the body and get your hip and ass into them. No, take cover. Yeah, you know, you're in a third world country. These are torpedoes. It's the only time I'd ever go check one of these new rims to see if it, you know, a screw is loose after that. If only boxing out was still taught, by the way. Boxing out is, oh yeah, it's pointless now because over the back is no longer called. We saw this in the tournament against Texas last year. Box, uh, Brock Cunningham had the perfect box out. The Miami big guy who should have fouled out there, clearly fouled, like pulling Brock Cunningham down. And they're somehow calling Brock Cunningham for a foul. Like over the back isn't a foul. Uh, if you get good positioning, good enough positioning to where you completely box the guy out, you could get a f- foul called on you now. And most of these dudes... They see a guy that has better positioning, and it's like, all right, this guy's got the rebounds. Time to figure something else out to do. Run, run back down the court, or get ready to to defend against an offensive rebound and put back. Yep. Um, what else? Any uh, any good non sports notes that you've written down over the last week? Yeah. Um, some of them we kind of got into. I had more stuff on. I've got more stuff on Palm Girl. Palm Girl really stole my heart. Um, Palm Girl? Yeah, on the send-off for the uh, semifinals. Oh, yeah. Can, can, took can, ownership can, of the whole season and how well they've done. Can you please reset this? Because I was so out of it Tuesday. I don't even really recall the details here. Can you please reset that whole thing? I don't think I did it Tuesday. I think I did it before then. But they're all lagging. I get it. Um, it was it was the semifinals. Before the semifinals, one of the things I liked, and local news did a good job, 
And it's one of the things I love about even with Austin changing, there's still a huge element of UTs, a big part of it. So a lot of people sent them off when they were taking their bus to the airport to fly to New Orleans. And they had, you know, all types of people out there. And um, <laughs> of course, like Megan was out there with her dogs. You know, I mean, it was definitely the hardcore, but and I had a couple of buddies that took their kids down there. You know, one had two boys, little boys, and they're like, we really want to go, you know, send them off, you know. So, which I was that same kid, as you can imagine. My my four parents, you know, it's like, yeah, you want to, I mean, I'd have them take me to baseball practice, you know, or any, obviously, any open football practice at the IM fields. You kidding me? We're there. Um, but so there were a lot of people there, and they interviewed one of the uh, uh, Palm Squad members. Very sweet young woman, seemed very smart and, and you know, definitely would make Texas proud. And as she, they're asking, what, you know, how incredible is this year? They're going to go compete for a national championship. And, and she just kind of transitioned. It was really uh, smooth too, but she just transitioned. She's like, yeah, you know, we had a pretty good year. Got to be honest. <laughs> um, didn't have the hiccup second half in Houston. We, Palm the shit out of it and actually blow him out 56-3 the way that game should have gone. Um, she obviously didn't say any of this, but it was very much about the Palm squad. She was looking at it through her lens, which she should. Like, they've taken road trips, and she's like, it was a hell of a year, you know, which I took that as we don't have as many caddy bitches this year as we have in previous years. You know, we are, we're palming. We all can palm. But the Friday night before at the hotel, eh, not nearly as bad um, this year. Lots and, of lots of Fox reality show drama going on on past Palm squads. Yeah, right. No, it's it's below deck. You know, I mean, it's just it's all types of shit. You know, I heard you. You know, DM'd Bobby. You know, Bobby and I aren't totally done yet. Yeah, you are, bitch. Um, it's like, all right, there we go. You know, <laughs> get your palm up next time. You, uh, we can't say that word. Um, starts with a C. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, it was, I, I was going through it. She's like, really great. And people always, you know, it almost felt like she was like, you know, people give love to yours and Kelvin Banks. He protects well. Um, running back room stepped up. We stepped up. Stephanie sprains an ankle. Guess who came in and took her fucking role, motherfucker? Yeah. Yeah. You're interviewing her right here, right here, big dog. Um, and we kind of did everything they didn't do. So our coverage was a lot better, a lot better, a lot tighter. Did you see the new little cowgirl prints? Yeah, it's covering the thighs. Barely. I mean, it's tight. It's a tight fit. When we spelled out Texas with our pom-poms, it was a, uh, a tight but shimmery T-E-X-A-S. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's pretty much kind of what I put. Um. Yeah, no, I mean that, that that was that was just a funny bit that I saw. Local news gives you such great funny material. And I just mean when they go to the street and interview someone. You know, I love when someone you can tell doesn't want to be interviewed and they're interviewing them. That to me is always glorious, you know. And the neighbor. The neighbor's always great, you know. The neighbor, neighbor was right next door to some heinous crime that's just been committed. Right. It's it's two things. It's always I always suspected something. Quiet as a mouse. Quiet as a church mouse. 
I knew something was going on. Or, you know, we're just totally flabbergasted. I mean, he used to bring in tarps and it, it would smell of a dead body. Um, had a lot of gasoline. Was always buying Clorox in big, um, just big gallons. But we didn't know. We thought he was a clean guy. There was always a smell emanating from his apartment. I just assumed it was four <laughs> seven. Yeah, it's like the people like near Dahmer. You know, he had nineteen locks. You know, I got two. I didn't add any, but I mean, some people want locks. Whatever. All right, so we have a video that qualifies as a local news report investigating something where they're talking to a neighbor that was played on Bucky and BK earlier today for their Thursday uh, throwback Thursday bit that they do on Thursdays. So I'm just going to play this and let you take it in. It's supposed to be one of the all-time great news reports that interviews a neighbor. And Mark, the woman, the victim, tells us that a man broke into her house and tried to rape her, her brother went in and he tried to help her out, but the man got away, leaving behind, though, evidence of his visit. Kelly Dodson was asleep with her little girl inside their apartment on Webster Drive when... I was attacked by some idiot from out here in the projects. Dodson says her attacker used a garbage can to climb onto the unit's ledge, open the upstairs window, and then he got in bed with her. He, he tried to rape me. He tried to pull my clothes off. Dodson struggled with her attacker, knocking over items in her bedroom. Antoine Dodson heard his sister scream and ran to help. Well, obviously we have a rapist in Lincoln Park. He's climbing in your windows. He's snatching your people up, trying to rape them. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife, and hide your husband because they're raping everybody out here. The attacker got loose and went out the upstairs window, but he did leave something behind. We got your t-shirt. You didn't fingerprints and all. You are so dumb. You are really dumb. For real. A crime scene investigator photographed and dusted for prints on the lid of the garbage can and the window pane and ledge. Dodson says he's never seen the perp before, but sends this warning to whoever is responsible. You don't have to come and confess that you did it. We're looking for you. We're we going to find you. I'm letting you know that so you can run and tell that, homeboy. <laughs> That was incredible. Everything like, about that was incredible, dude. Yeah, I mean, no character. Even even the the stand up that that the chick did in the beginning, like that was so coarse. I love it. Like, yeah, rape and even less some evidence. We're all like, oh shit, I know what that is. You know, hell, even even the most professional person there, the guy who's sweeping for fingerprints, he's not even wearing gloves. <laughs> Oh shit, these are my fingerprints. Oh fuck. Shouldn't have grabbed that. <laughs> Antoine, Antoine's obviously a superstar. The victim's a superstar. <laughs> like that was, I mean, that was Mr. Show level funny right there. Yeah. I hope you muted me because I was dying laughing. And then they say rape. And I'm like, oh, that's not funny. But uh yeah, it, <laughs> that was great. Yeah, rape is not funny. But when the person talking about almost having that happen to them, yes, is using that, it becomes just bizarre. Yeah, so, I right. I didn't know when she, she gave the, you know, you tried to rape me, pull my pants down. I was like, uh, and just put like her face, like it, it was more like, you know, yeah, this guy tried to button line as we're all in line at Whole Foods. 
It what was an like, asshole. I was like, oh, we're talking about rape here? Yeah. Hey, Matt, Chris, you, man, you live in the projects like that? You live a life like that, dude? Every day is like, you know, just a lot more weathered to fucking tough life. And rape's about as tough as it gets. Drive through, I guess people are going to have to start drinking now if they haven't already. If you drive through Chicago, some of the rougher areas of Chicago, on like the main thoroughfares to where you're, you're not, you're not going to be in big trouble necessarily being an outsider in one of those rough parts of town. Could be Humboldt Park. It could be a little bit further down Austin and the Austin area just before you get to Oak Park. But like a great example of just the uh, the lack of give a fuck is how many people are just crossing the street, not at crosswalks, major roads where the speed limit's 40 plus miles per hour who are crossing in front of cars where it's like, you think I'm afraid of you car? You fucking hit me. All you're going to do is take me out of this shitty ass world. Right. People are going to slow down and not hit them, but it's like them them showing the world that they still have some level of control over everything, even though their surroundings are complete chaos. I think that's a good way to put it. And also just being miserable. I do love local news of the investigates, you know, I love all the promos. We're getting a lot of promos now that I forgot they do that uh, in the new year, a lot of promos for local news, you know, and I just, I always love those buildups. Like it's just so cheesy and everything. And look, I've had to do TV photo ops, I'm not sure if we ever did an LHN commercial. We may, may have, but, you know, the local ones are always the best, especially you know, KHAN Investigates. Our investigative team is here to find out what happened to Epstein. Lori Epstein. Lori was a jogger here and apparently lost her iPhone and uh, had some guy chase her. And we have not found the suspect yet. Nothing really happened, but we're going to get on it. It's like, what? You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, the, the promos are, and, and look, I'm, I'm glad they're doing that because there are a lot of small businesses that are fucking us over. So I'm glad someone's doing that. So do report to any of them and be like, hey, check this guy out. This guy's, you know, selling radiators and they're not radiators. So let's bust his balls and, and make him accountable, right? But the other thing that with local news that that I, I see and I just it's why I could never really stick with TV. I can't because I hated it with play by play or I hate having to to there could be a really sad story. I'm not someone who emotes right away. I can hear the worst story and I just don't go. Oh, I don't change my voice. I don't give up. I'm feeling it inside, but I'm just me, you know. Um, so. I do love the, it's it's either a parental, you know, and that's why you probably should turn around and not drown. It's like, all right, old fucking mid-50s white guy who treats everyone like their great uncle. Like, just stop. Click it or ticket. Yeah, and the other thing, too, is we never had back in the news. Uh, first off, they must be playing to, I, I'm hoping, I'm praying they're playing to the 0.0001% of just walking morons. Um, people that that really, you know, have an IQ um, that would put you at the, you know, mentally disabled level. Because um, some of the stuff, if they're talking to adults, you know, don't forget, 
don't keep the oven on too long, may get carbon monoxide. You know, I mean, even with the weather, watch out if it's lightning outside. If you go out there, could be tricky. What? What am I fucking nine? And you're my parent? Like all these messages throughout the whole fucking telecast every day of of you're you're telling me at forty five as I'm watching this to fucking breathe oxygen and wipe my ass after I shit? Really? That's what you think of me? Yeah, it is appealing to lowest common denominator. A version of that happens in public school too, by the way, especially now where I wish I was exaggerating, like 30 to 40% of a lot of classes are special needs where they almost have no choice. And you put the kids who are bright enough, you either give them a chance to advance a grade. 30 to 40%? Yeah, dude. Yeah. My, one of my kids lucked out this year. It's less than that. It's probably more like 10%, 10 to 15%. That is so sad, man. Dude, the last, one of my kids' classes last year, it was like the Island of Misfit Toys. I went into a couple of classroom deals. I'm like, how the fuck does the teacher do anything? Like, this is a nonstop disruption here. But that's, COVID broke a lot of people's brains and they set the uh, developmental process back significantly for kids too, unfortunately. But if you have figured out a way to actually have your kids up to speed or maybe a little bit uh, beyond the speed of their age or speed of their grade, then they have a potential advantage there. So congratulations to you on that one. But that's, I mean, it's it's a version of that on news, absolutely. I mean, it's the people who are still tuning into the news. Not all of you. I'm generalizing here, so I apologize if you're not in this category. But it's people who are still tuning into the news to get a weather report. When you can much more easily get the most up-to-date, accurate version of whatever they're going to be copycatting on this thing here. Uh, you don't need to tune in for too long. Don't worry. One's coming. And it's probably oh, yeah. gonna, and it's probably gonna be back by another weather report. I mean, they don't they'll literally do that. Be like, you know, <clears throat> so that's what's going on here. Coming up next, we're gonna give you uh, the European model for next week. You're watching local weather, and that's that's how desperate they are to keep people tuned in. Is they know how big of a draw weather is, even though nobody needs to fucking tune in for that anymore. It was like radio. You know, when we were at the Horn a couple years ago, I was I was arguing with the, the people that ultimately made those decisions. We should sponsor a lack of traffic because nobody wants to tune in to hear a traffic report that was recorded 15 minutes ago. Traffic moves faster than that. Figuratively speaking, it's moving slower than that. <laughs> I was about to say in Austin, actually, it'll be dead on. But uh, yeah, if you're on I-35 right now, you're fucking, you know that. So tell people we're actually going to have more shit to help you suffer through the traffic by getting back to our actual content and not have you have you sit through some bullshit song and dance for a minute. This lack of traffic report is sponsored by blank. Now back to the show. That's fair. By the way, I need to go back to something DJ said when I was talking about... Uh, People crossing wherever they want to and and the uh, poorest parts of town. DJ calls it homeless frogger downtown. That's a pretty damn good nickname for it, DJ. Kudos. Yeah. Dude, I you know, I, I worked downtown and it was I couldn't believe it. You know, I mean, you just 
you're constantly head on a swivel on stuff you really shouldn't be, but on the sidewalk, like someone's made and hell may do it just to, like you said, try and get a, a freebie out of it. When Austin voters, I mean, it was sad and I feel bad for him, but you had to look out. When Austin voters reversed that homeless camping allowance, it did actually clean things up for a little bit. It is starting to get bad again. It's time for the city to get their shit together and do another sweep. Grant says, dude, the weather guessers blew this Arctic storm all last week. Just fear, fear, fear. You're right about that. There was a version of it that was serious, but whether people understand where their bread is buttered, it's by presenting a worst case scenario to people because you don't want to be the weather guesser who is downplaying something that ends up being much more serious while also understanding that drama sells. And drama is things are going to be really fucked up around here. It was cold for a couple of days, but some of... Yeah, it's also it's also why every election is the most important. Yeah, we, no, you're right. we hear that every every time in our world's existence depends yep. on you voting and voting this way for this election. You said that last four years. Well, it happened again. Yep. Uh, DJ says they will clean it up before South by Southwest. I hope DJ. I'm going to be down there a lot for about ten days, so I do hope they clean things up down there. God, uh, do a little Gavin Newsom, do a little sweeping before uh, someone comes over to the house. Yeah. Yeah, you, you could, or you could just keep, stay on top of that cleanliness on a weekly basis. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of the joke when G came over. Exactly. Um, you know, but and then Gavin uh, Newsom's like, "Well, what else are we supposed to do when we have guests over?" I can't, you know, I can't believe that like, because you're you're so caught at that point. What do you do? Yeah. Deny it? Oh, you know, I, mean, I, I guess he played. I, and like, the answer I would have guessed would have been yes with him. Yeah, it should have been like, yeah, this is probably something that we should try and implement year round. But he wouldn't say that because he knows because he doesn't want to do that. And he knows that wouldn't be adhered to anyhow by city officials. I will say this, you know, the only local news I consistently watch is in the morning uh, for the Good Day Austin show on local channel two, channel seven, Fox. Um and some of the stuff I said earlier, like Dave Fraley, one of the things I like about him, Dave doesn't play that. Like Dave, you know, I mean, he's he's a serious newscaster, but like he doesn't, you know, you know, make sure you you know buckle with the seatbelt there, little champ. Um, and <laughs> the meteorologist Zach, who's an Aggie, still love him. Um, he actually nailed this and didn't freak me out. He was like, I don't think we're gonna get much ice, if any. Um, it's not going to be like last year or whatever it was the year before. So you just got to go find the right one. But I, I understand DJ's point, And for the most part, he's right about that. Kudos to Zach for that. Because there were people on the second day when it was very clear that things weren't going to ice over like everybody was concerned about that were still trying to pull that shit with regards to not going into work or being upset because school wasn't being completely canceled in a given day. It's like, all right, show a little bit of fucking metal here, please show a little bit of resilience. I realize that we aren't equipped to deal with a true deep freeze where there's precipitation. This is not that, not that it's just really fucking cold. Okay. Yeah. I felt good though. I mean, it 18, it, it, it didn't, it took me one day for my body, my bones to get back to it. I went out, the next morning and it was like 18 or 19 and it felt like, I don't know, it felt like 32. It felt fine. God, I love cold weather. If there's no wind, dude, it's great. Seven degrees is fine. 
they're not my ideal conditions, but you learn to deal with that shit. You learn what you need to wear to be right as comfortable as you can get to go do whatever. Now dealing with it enough over that that wears on period months on end, like dealing with a Chicago winter for six fucking months where it's literally snowing in yeah. like April, early May. That's where it's like, all right, this is some bullshit. This doesn't need to be like this. I feel that. But uh, we're resilient. Pe- people will get back to their way of life, even in extremely fucked up conditions. Like there's uh, stories from World War II where London was going through the uh, the Blitzkrieg. And London was under a bomb threat daily. But people were going on about their lives, going back to their jobs, going out partying at night. And if the bomb siren started to go off, you would know where to go and pray that there wasn't going to be a bomb that was about to hit your building. Like people went on about their business. That same thing happens to an even larger degree with weather. Even shitty weather. Like I remember with the deep freeze a few years ago, I was champing at the bit to get out of my house after a day. Yeah. Drive around, kind of see what's going on, see how maneuverable the roads were. Go collect a couple of things at a store that might be open. And guess what? There were a lot of other people out trying to do that same shit too. I was all over during the freeze, man. I was collecting goods and passing them out to people. Remember that? Mm, yes, I do. As a matter of fact, that was some good that radio did. We actually did a lot of good there. Yeah. Um, and there were a lot of people. That's the thing about the pandemic or the freeze. You realize you see the good sides of people and yep. we're so polarized now with all this bullshit and stuff that Trey was talking about earlier, really stuff that's is used by elites and people in power to divide us. And they've been used to doing it forever. And they've got so many different weapons now and different guns to be able to do that. But you, you saw the good in people and it, it was, it was, it was pretty cool, but I, I was the same way. I like being out. I mean, I, I, I like, in situations like that, I like being out and seeing what's going on. Yeah, the uh, the seeing the good in people and tragedy. In most cases, I think it works for a month, maybe two, before we will eventually turn on one another once again. And you need to look no further than the COVID pandemic. We're all through March and April. People were cool, and then the powder keg started to started to rumble again in May. And then it got really violent uh, through that summer. And then people were just at one another's throats again on a full-time basis at some point after that. Wrecking shop. No, you're right. You've got you've got a grace period. Then at that point, we just become human again. So At some point, you have to consider eating your neighbor if things remain that cold for that long with everything closed or roads completely shut down, you know? Yeah, and just start feeding my neighbors better. Um, you have them gaunt neighbors? Yeah, get them all fattened up with stuff I like to eat. So, hey, do you have anything uh, football, sports, non-sports that you had? I've got some other stuff, but we can save it for uh, for Tuesday. I have seen a lot of young drivers slash student driver stickers on the backs of cars recently. I feel like I have too. To the point that I'm wondering if it's becoming a bit where people are such timid, anxious drivers that they're just trying to protect themselves from the cars around them. Almost to let people know, hey, I'm not good at this. And, you know, they wouldn't they wouldn't sell me a handicap sticker. 
deflect deflecting. Like I used to have the um, police supporter sticker on the backs of one of my cars. And it was a sticker that had been actually earned because I think the car got passed down from one of my grandparents. So my grandparents supported the Houston police. Well, I had these stickers on the, on my back window that I think in a lot of instances kept me from getting pulled over. But when I would get pulled over, it would just be a friendly warning. Hmm. It's like a, a version of that, but with a student driver, even though every time I drive past the car, it's a middle-aged person who's driving the car. I'm like, you're not a fucking student. You're just somebody who's probably not a very good driver. Maybe they're learning how to drive. Unlikely. Maybe their grandkids using it to learn how to drive. Maybe, but there that sticker needs to be a magnet, and the magnet needs to. Well, come but also, up. it's like it's, it's everything we do now. What what do you need a fucking sticker? Do what our parents did. Take right. them out to some country land, or take them out to you know uh, Burger Center in the parking lot, and let them fucking drive around. Right. Okay. Yeah, you don't you have don't to. Need, let you don't need to put a fucking goddamn sticker on there. You don't, they don't have to drive down I'm south. I'm saying Lamar. do that at 13 and 14. Yeah. They don't need to drive down south Lamar, but yeah, take them to a football stadium parking lot and let them get a feel for things. Right. Like, drive slowly through some neighborhoods. Yes. So they can get on 35 mile per hour roads and feel how that is. I mean, I was driving my mom's Pathfinder all over the land of Bastrop at 13, 14. I mean, probably before that, probably more 12, because at 13 and 14, don't tell anyone this, but we 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 lived uh, kind of like in these apartments right near, you know, the Toys R Us uh, right off Lamar and Ben White, that whole shopping area. Yeah. We lived in apartments back there. And so it wasn't that far, but I would just take the car and go run errands in that thing when I was 14, you know. In the Toys R Us area, you would run. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's not bad. Right. I mean, it's like, you know, I'm always like, be very safe. Obviously, don't go anywhere outside of that. But I mean, you know, some people would hear that now and be like, what? Yeah, your mom would get thrown in jail for child abuse and you would get uh, sent to CPS in 2024. But back then, it's fine. Back then, it's fine. And I don't know if that rule still exists. But back then, it used to be, my parents wouldn't do it. But it used to be where uh, if you were at a restaurant and the kid was like 13 and the parents said, yeah, he can have a glass of wine. You could like the, there was some Texas law. Remember that? I believe that law is still in place. Wow. That's a guess though. Maybe it's not. Calvin always wants to try sips of our alcohol. Boy, this is not going to end up not going to end well at some point where he's making these decisions for himself. Like we give him sips of, beer wine like our parents did back in the 1980s except he hated the taste of beer as a kid he likes it though that's the problem he's like "Mm, that's good i want more we're like nope like i never wanted wine the smell of wine just the alcohol was like and then i remember trying a beer i was like yeah probably like around his age someone gave me a sip and it was the smartest thing i was like this is disgusting like i never wanted you know a sip of beer until i was probably 15 after that i remember trying uh uh, a sip out of my dad's Budweiser can and being like, this shit is disgusting. What is wrong with you? Yeah. Try to sip of wine. It's like this, this tastes like pure ass. Right. Learn to like those things. But as a kid, no, that's uh, 
trying really hard to teach Calvin the value of moderation and understanding that uh, decisions have consequences and too much of something good can become very bad. So, so you just said it that, you know, it's one of your favorite things, pure ass. What about acid and pure? Do you still like that? Well, pure ass is not good. Partial ass. Also go back and go back and rewatch it. And you'll hear what it sounded like. You said one of you, one of your favorite things in life is pure ass. Mm. I thought I said it tastes like pure ass. It tasted like pure ass. Now I'll go back. Maybe I'm wrong. I think you're wrong about that one. Nah, I, I, I am an ass man though. So I guess there is some truth to that. If that's how I said you it. You are an ass man. Um, all right. So uh, any predictions before you get out of here on games? What about what about the Lions game? You, you, are you taking because like wow, two of the teams are favored by nine and a half. I think it's San Francisco and Baltimore. I think the Lions are favored by like a touchdown, right? Lions are favored by a touchdown. I think Houston keeps it close. I would take Houston with that line. Yeah, I think that I'm a little bit nervous about. I'm I'm a little bit nervous for the Lions because Tampa Bay is really good at throwing the football. And if the Lions have a weakness right now, it is defending the pass. So that I think that game ends up a little bit closer than the seven. Green Bay, San Francisco. Oh, man. San Francisco. Green Bay is hot, bro. They are hot. San Francisco has also been really good for much of the year. Have they taken too much time off? A lot of their starters sat that last regular season game. So it's that situation where you've been off for three weeks now. Is there going to be rust? Watch out for Aaron Jones. Already one of my favorite players in the league. He is running the ball really well right now. Obviously, Jordan Love has made uh, believers out of a lot of people. And that defense, which has uh, had an issue also defending the pass, much like the Lions, uh, they, they looked... See, the stats were misleading last week because Dak throws for 400 yards. When the game was still in question, their secondary was playing really well, including getting that pick six, of course, just before halftime. So fascinated to see that one. I've uh, been hard-pressed to pick against San Francisco this year just because they have just been kicking the shit out of most teams other than like the the Ravens, I guess, and their game the last week of the season where they were resting everybody. Um, but I mean, ultimately I think we get a, uh, San Francisco Detroit NFC championship game. And on the AFC side of things, I'm going to pick the Texans to pull off the upset against Baltimore and Kansas city. Buffalo is the game that I just, I, I don't have a good read on that one at all. I could see that game going either way. Both teams have been very weird this year. Buffalo feels like they've actually gotten things right at the right time. And this game being in Buffalo is obviously a big deal, but Kansas City's a team that is used to playing games in cold weather, too, and they do have Pat Mahomes on their side. Yeah, you're right. That one I have no feel for. I mean, obviously, Buffalo has been like a lot of teams this year. You mentioned San Francisco. They had that three-game losing streak, you know, where and they were injured a little bit with that, but they also weren't playing very well. So Buffalo, Kansas City, I don't know. I'll end up taking Kansas City. I'll just stick with it until I see it. Um, I'm, t- I'm with you. I'm thinking the Texans actually win that thing out, Rob. Out, uh, right. I think you have the Texans at Kansas City. And then I'll take San Francisco, but it won't shock me at all if Green Bay wins. I'm definitely taking the Lions. Oh, wow. So you think the Lions win the handi- uh, win by the most out of anybody? 
Yeah, I mean, San Francisco could, but in terms of percentages of of do you win, can you win? Um, you're right about Baker in that that passing game, but so much that I mean, I'm still not totally sold on on Tampa Bay. And Detroit's a good enough team, physical enough that that I think they win that thing. Tampa Bay is the epitome of NFL reaching peak parity this year. Yeah. Won the division the last week of the season by barely beating the shitty ass Carolina Panthers. Yep. So, I mean, they looked better last week, but Philadelphia gave up early in that game on top of the fact that they were in a, a complete tailspin. So, yeah. Hey. I, I'm actually, like, if I'm rooting for any teams left in these playoffs, it's Houston and Detroit. So, I hope to see Detroit play really good football. I want to see them get on a roll before they ultimately either have to go to San Francisco or maybe they host Green Bay in the championship round. Yeah. Obviously, I'm hoping they go to San Francisco. But um, Dan Campbell's done a good job with that, man. He's obviously a meathead, and, and but that, that role has worked. And I don't know long-term if that works with every roster, but it's worked there. And he's been, he's been better than I thought when I first saw him. I think when we all first saw him, we thought, Oh God, dude, the the meathead tight end, this isn't going to end well. Well, it just goes to show you can still be a meathead and be successful. Unlike Tom Herman, if you're personable, like those guys really like him and he, he treats them well. At least it seems like he treats them well on the outside versus Tom Herman, who, had a bit of an authoritarian streak to where guys were afraid to say hi to him in the football offices his last year in Austin. Yeah. He's more of a genuine meathead and ogre, you know, it's like anything in life. If your intent is real, it's why uh, getting back to the new stuff. It's why I hate it because it's like, you're acting. Stop acting. Um, Just be who you are. And I think he is who he is. And I think players see that they feel that they call bullshit. If it's not, they respect it. Yeah. Superstitious spell it. Is that a quote from something? No, I was just thinking about the spelling bee coming up. S U P E R S T I C I O U S. Is that it? I don't know. I don't even know what I just. I don't even know the letters I just told you. Uh, yeah, that's not it. I'll try it again. Because you don't even know what I just spelled. So Let's, see if, I'm right. Let's see if I'm right. Yeah, I am. All right. What kind of words are we dealing with here? Um, I've got the spelling bee list. Let's see. You have the list? She already has the list? Uh, she has some, She has practice words. All right. You have the real list? I've got a list here. You have the real list that, that'll be on, or is this the practice list? This is the 23-24 school spelling bee study list. Okay, all right. Are you ready? Yeah. Flummox. Okay. Spell flummox. F-L-U-M-M-O-X. Okay, good job. Deliberately. You spell it. D-E-L. For a kid, it may be. D-E-L-I-B-E-R-A-T-E-L-Y. Well, you're looking at it. What what, what am I? 
You have to look away. You told me to bamboozled. Bamboozled. B A M B O O Boozled. Z L E D. Yep. I don't think I've ever written that before. Dessert. As in, I had dessert after dinner. Two S's. Just make sure you knew. Fucking Dan Quayle over here. I, that one's e- that one was always easy for me because you could hear it in the pronunciation. Desert versus dessert. Oh, I think <laughs> potato. I'm like, yeah, actually you do hear the E in that to give Dan a little bit of, you know. Well, if you're in, <laughs> you're in fucking England, they spell it with an E. We're, we're here in the U.S., though. We spell it. With uh, we stop at the O. Yeah, Quail's gonna use that. I only use up the snuff. Popovers. P O P O V E R S. Yep. Bod kick ass in this thing. Bring me up there. Can I say I identify as a nine-year-old today? I'm sure that works. Vaseline. B-A-S-O-L-I-N-E. I'm sorry, but you have been eliminated. What? B-A-S-O-L-I-N-E. How do you spell Vaseline? Apparently it's V-A-S-E-L-I-N-E. You know what? I'm proud of that one. I'm glad that I've never had to text. Hey, bring over more Vaseline. Now, I bet, you, I, bet you, I, I bet you this guy has texted Vaseline multiple times. What did I just walk in on? <laughs> we're, we're, uh, do, we're going through practice spelling bee words for my kid who's about to get her ass kicked by uh, some smart Indian kid. They yeah, have Vaseline I, on there? Yeah. yeah. Ice Cube taught me how to spell that one back in the day. <laughs> I should be right. Oh, wow. you guys aren't going to believe this. What's up? I don't think I ever said this on radio because I was kind of embarrassed by it. But I I won the spelling bee in fifth grade, sixth grade. Nice. I got you to admit it when you and you, Rod, and I were doing a show, and you were so fucking embarrassed, bro. Because I was like, PK, I was like, you act like you weren't a good student or you just never tried. I'm like, you're a smart guy. I was like, you you won some awards and you brought it up. Yeah, the low point of my life was winning the spelling. So, so did you want it? Did you just do it to be competitive? I, I don't I don't know. Like, we all had to do it. Everyone had to do it in class. And then I won my classroom one. And then I won the school one. And I went on to district and I lost on the first word. Mm. <laughs> Pressure got to you. Pressure got to me. Yep. I'm like Rodney Terry. I couldn't do it. And then there were a bunch of people doing horns down in the stands and I was crying. (laughs) All right. Last word before I take my kid to Rick Perry Elementary School. Albuquerque. BK, you want to give it a shot? BK, you try first. They got uh, proper nouns in there now? Apparently so. Okay. A L B. That's the easy part. Yeah, that's what I got. You. I don't have this. 
Is there another letter before the Q-U-E-R-Q-U-E is the question? A-L-B-U. Is there an R? Is it Q right after that or R-Q? R-Q or Q. And then everything outside of that, I think it's it, what Q U E. There's an R there, and then Q U E. I don't know if there's an R on that first one though. I don't know, BK. Yeah. Final answer. The fuck is this team spelling bee here? <laughs> you got it right. And then last one for Kevin. I guess you get to well, help. Hold, hold, hold on, hold on. So what was right? No R. No R. A L B U Quirky. Quirky. Uh, great. We just gave BK a new way to pronounce something now. Ah, Alba Queer Key? Queer Kid? Alba Queer Key. Okay. Uh, tur- turquoise, Kevin. Turquoise. One of your favorite colors. That's an easy one. T-U-R-Q-O-I-S-E. Oh, no. Q. Hold on. Turquoise. Oh, he already messed up. He's out. Those are the rules. No, no, you no, 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 no. I'm not Indian. That's the, those are the Indian rules. All right. Here. I, I, I get as much time as I want. What about the Asian rules, Bill Parcells? No disrespect. T-U-R-Q-U-O-I-S-E. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. All right. You guys have fun. Good, good luck to Vivi. Good luck. Good luck. Yeah. And to you, you probably need it more than your daughter does to have to sit through a God spelling bee. God bless. Boy, I, I couldn't have given a better condom commercial for BK tonight than that one. Yeah. Yeah. Add that to the list of reasons why I don't want kids. Uh, bagging it up. <laughs> spelling bee. Yeah. There are certain things that I miss about being a kid too. And that is uh, not one of them. Well, that's the other thing. In, in fairness to guys, you and I specifically, I'll speak for you because I know you're, you're the younger version of me pretty much, but nicer and cooler and dumber, mm. but eh, probably smarter. But um, we didn't like doing that as kids. No. At nine years old, I didn't want to be dealing with some bossel wood and trying to create some, you oh. know, Pyramid. What was that fucking thing that we had to do in fifth grade that was statewide? Jesus <sighs> Christ, dude. I got no problem shagging fly balls and taking grounders until it's till it's dark outside, but I don't need bossel wood. Yeah. We had to do maybe it was Boy Scouts or something. We had to make those cars like soapbox derby or something. Is that a mm-hmm. thing? Mm-hmm. That that shit like it basically turned into my dad making a car and uh me me pretending to care a whole lot sorry dad if you're listening it's just like i I don't know yeah there was a lot of stuff that you just kind of had to do whether it was through school or some random extracurricular activity that you were involved in where even at the time it's like this this is a huge waste of time i don't need to be here yeah so one of the good things about college whenever you start having group projects and if if you got a cool group you know it's like oh Meet a crown and acre? Yeah. Go over the whole deal. It's like, well, this I can deal with. I mean, yeah. these are the group projects I can do, you know? Yeah. Oh, man. The- I tell you what, I'm going to play Golden Tea with a pitcher over there, and y'all are going to discuss how we're going to get an A on this. Yeah. I'll come back and help out. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll monitor. I'll, uh, I'll supervise. Man, I was, uh, 
That was the one thing I actually did in school when I got to college. Like I was a good student growing up. I just wanted to get into UT. So I, I spent all of my like life working on that. Um, and then once I got in, it just all kind of fell apart, but group project, I was always going to like carry my weight in the, in the group project. Always, always. That was like, yeah. I, I didn't, I didn't give a shit about any individual thing that I did. I just wasn't going to be the, yeah, there was one, there was one in college where this girl just no showed. We were supposed to present. She no showed. And the professor's like, um, he moved us back to the next day. And then she no showed again. He kept moving us back. And then we we could not this girl just ghosted us. Like she stopped her spot. We were talk, trying to reach out to her the day before we were supposed to present to meet up. She no showed. She ghosted us and then just didn't show up to class for the next like three weeks. It, it was just like, what the hell is going on here? And that was I was just never gonna be that guy. I couldn't do it. So she texted her back and realized she's probably a freak and Say, hey, let's not talk about the group project. Let's talk about our project. Yeah, no, no, I want to know part of this this one at all. <laughs> that must have been bad. Dude. It was bad. It was bad. One of those randomly assigned groups. So hey, so so I missed the game last night. I'm I'm you know, it's been funny the last week. I've been like, all right, I'm really gonna get into UT basketball. I usually I'm in it by now, but it's more work stuff. So I enjoyed the team, love the team last year. I'm trying to get my hand head around all this how much of this in your opinion is rodney terry obviously he built it so it's all falls under him so i don't mean that i mean as a uh, basketball coach how much is on the staff i think a lot i mean this texas team was a top 20 team going into the year and this team was picked to finish third in the big 12 the hardest conference in the sports that wasn't by texas fans that was by people who cover college basketball nationally and around the conference and that wasn't, oh, right after the Elite Eight, they submitted those polls. That was, they saw the offseason. They saw Ron Holland, you know, go to the G League instead of coming to Texas. They saw all the transfer portal additions that Rodney Terry made. And then they said, okay, this roster should be good enough to be one of the best teams in the best conference in the sport. And right now they're tied for second to last in the Big 12, despite playing the easiest four-game schedule in this Big 12 that they have. So, yeah, I think a lot of can, it. I mean, they can lose like seven out of their next eight, right? They, they got six ranked teams in a row starting on Saturday with Baylor. Though they went one and three against four unranked teams. I know Tech is ranked now. They're 25. They just got boat raced by Houston, so they'll probably be unranked next week. But four unranked teams in a row to start conference play, which in this league is unheard of because it feels like everyone's in the top 25. And I was saying, like, got to go three and one. You, you feel like you could go four and oh, you got to go three and one. And they went one and three. So some of it's on the players. Injuries, you know, they, they have been a factor. The Sue being on a minutes restriction for the Tech game felt stupid considering how good he's looked since then. But that hurt. Caden Shedrick being hurt has hurt. Uh, but, man, it's a lot of it. Like, if Chris Beard had this exact team, Texas would be in the top 25. And they'd probably be three and one in conference play. And we wouldn't be talking about a team that is – easily on the outside of the tournament looking in right now. Like Chris Beard's first year, it's not like Shaka left him with a whole bunch of stuff. There was a lot of roster turnover from end of Shaka to year one of Beard. Beard was a six seed. They won a tournament game. Like We're not close to that right now. So it's uh, the, the majority. I won't go 100% because, of course, the guys on the court deserve blame too. 
But the majority of the blame, if you're splitting this thing up percentage-wise, falls on RT and this coaching staff. There's no question. I do feel like, and this is me more just looking at Twitter, like there are a lot of people that kind of knew CDC had his hands tied, had to make the hire, but didn't really believe in it. And understandably so. And there's always usually you hear this. Rodney Terry is a good guy. I've known Rodney or covered him for a long time. He is a good guy. So, I mean, you root for good people, right, in life. But it doesn't always work out. But I get the sense that people kind of knew or were skeptical even after last year's run. And he earned that job the way he coached that team, especially the situation that he dealt with. But it doesn't mean that you're the right guy long term. And I was laughing with Chip and Zay before. And Chip's going through everything. I'm like, yeah, you know, only there was like a resume and a track record that we could have gone off of, of him being a head coach somewhere for like, I don't know, two other places for a decade combined. Yeah, exactly. And and a lot of Texas fans are changing their own narratives, right? To where it's like, oh, I told y'all this guy. It's like, nah, I remember what you said in March. Like, oh, you got to hire this guy. This guy's earned it. It's like, okay, <laughs> see what y'all are doing out there. Um Look, man, I'll, I'll I'll call a spade a spade. Like, I'm not asking for Rodney Terry's job right now, so I'm not saying this is a definitive statement, but there's a chance that Elite Eight runs set Texas basketball back three, four, five years. Like, obviously, it was exciting in real time. Um, it's the furthest Texas has gone to the tournament since 08. Cool. And if you made it to the Final Four, it all would have been worth it because you get to hang a banner for that. Obviously, you want to win a national championship, but the Final Four in college basketball is a big freaking deal. So if you make it that far, then it's like, all right, you can deal with a, a setback with a bad coaching hire. But it was almost like if Texas lost early in the tournament last year, it would have sucked, but you wouldn't have Rodney Terry. You'd have somebody more qualified. And if Texas, because they made it to the Elite Eight, it's like not all the way to the Final Four to where it's really cool and you get to hang a banner and be immortalized in the arena that you play in. But also you went too far to where you could probably get rid of your coach and not give him a chance. So there's sadly not once again, not declaring this as fact, but if this uh, RT experiment continues to go the way that it's going at the moment, then yeah, that tournament run for Texas is uh, going to be something that sets us back a long time. And that sucks because I finally felt like we had, really gotten a higher right like for as excited i was about sark like i still had my doubts and reservations and obviously he's he's turning out to be great uh you know david pierce that whole you know i've talked about that on the air off the air jury's still kind of out on him and a lot of the diehard texas baseball fans you talk to will never fully buy into david pierce and i i get it and that's the standard of texas baseball is what it is and it should be what it is um but yeah just with, I don't even know where I was going with that. Oh, yeah, with Chris no. Beard. With Chris right, Beard, yeah. it was like, this is it. This is it. And we were seeing it. Like, it was it was going to be great for a long time. I don't think he was going to leave for any job. And then he effed it up. This is not a, you know, Texas, oh, they shouldn't. Yeah, he, no, it's, his, I mean, it's his fault. It's on him. It, it just sucks that literally, like, a year and a month ago, we were where we were, and now we're having the conversation that we're having right now. Yeah, dude, it uh, it sucks. You're right. It, it's all on him. Um, I do know this. I mean, it's funny you said narrative change. Uh, you and I, we weren't we weren't doing this podcast. You know, TSU was yet to be born. It was in its original probably form then, right? In, like in first trimester or whatever. But um, 
I know you and I felt like it was a setback. I mean, I'll be honest, and I said it doing postgame, like I've never been happy to watch Texas lose a football game except for when Kansas and that field goal went through. Yeah. I, I, I knew Charlie was not the guy. And if you really care about the program, sometimes the betterment of the program is to rip the Band-Aid off. And so last year, I felt like Terry earned the job and told you, and I believe you agreed. And I always, uh, always want to hear your sports opinion on everything, but certainly college basketball, you're so tuned in. And you're like, yeah, this probably is, you know, this probably will set them back. Um, you were also a big beard guy, so. Yeah. Yeah, and off, understand, off the under, court. Understandably so. Off the well, court. No, no, you didn't like him. Court. You didn't like him coaching, but you liked. You said he was a gentleman, and you liked his etiquette off the court. Is yes. was the, that's the exact quote I have. He gave me a lot of valuable life lessons. Uh, <laughs> you know, like Fifty Cent did. They both taught me how to treat women very well. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, no, look, it's, I mean, RT earned the job. He earned the opportunity, but it was, yep. I was saying, I was saying this stuff to friends. I wasn't on radio in Austin talking about this. I think I was in Houston talking a little bit about it at least. Yeah, I like, think you were. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you brought up Charlie strong, dude. It's, it's the same conversation. Oh, great guy. He's such a good guy. I want it to work, but that that's not what coaches are paid for. They're not paid no. to be good guys. They're paid to win. No. Charlie couldn't do it in football. And right now, at midway through year one, plenty of time. But right now, uh, RT ain't doing it in basketball. So it's cross-sport deja vu that uh, Texas fans are going through. Nick Saban has the personality of herpes. Bill Belichick has a her- personality of AIDS. Um, and guess what? I-, I treat my coaches like I do my presidents. I don't give up. Fuck if they're nice. I'm never going to have a beer with them. I think they're all psychotic for even thinking about running for that. I don't trust any of you. Get the job done. Keep my taxes low and keep that shit safe out there. Good. Yeah. So for coaches, it's, I don't give a fuck when I don't care if you're a nice guy. I really don't fucking win. Now, if you're being a dickhead hurts us with the program, then I got issues with that. Right. Mm-hmm. But. Just go win, baby. Yeah, I agree. It's well said. Hit the hey, can I give a quick shout out to, uh, before we get out of here, Apple Leasing? Of course, please love, do. Love Apple. Love Scott. I've known Scott forever. BK's known him. Um, I actually had someone last week ask you, ask, said, you know, the leasing deal you talk about, what, you know, I'm looking to lease. What's great about it? Like, what's great is I don't care. I don't even have to ask you what you're looking for. I know you have two kids. You're probably looking for an SUV. Doesn't matter. It, it, you can give them price. You can give them the exact car and make and model. They're going to get you the best price on that. They've been doing it for 40 plus years. They're trustworthy, good people. This is where I do care if you're a good person. I said presidents and coaches, but people you do business with like this, you want to be good people and they really are there. Give them a call 346-9977, 346-9977 or appleleasing.com. Tell them TSU sent you. And they'll take care of you. I can promise you that. You're going to get the best rate right now that you can get anywhere across the state. So get to AppleLeasing.com. They've got the live chat. I see Sarah. Sarah. Local singles. Oh, wait. That's a different website. I love that, though. I was trying to get something done today. And and I get online. And then I call them. And I thought, dude, just give me a live chat where I can just. I don't have 25 minutes to be doing this, man. Like I've got five 
and and I'm not getting it done in five. You can get it done in three, two minutes there. It's up to you. Yeah, staying on hold forever, and then some guy named Sam from Texas who doesn't sound like Sam or like he's from Texas is the guy you get stuck talking to. Uh, I didn't tell you about last Thursday when I was trying to troubleshoot all this. So I get on get on with Dell's customer service, mm. and this guy does not speak English at all. It took five minutes to re- took really three minutes to get Kevin K E V I N um, squared Jeez. away, um, oh. and baff- apparently a baffling English American name. Um, <laughs> that's like one of the easiest names we have right yeah oh. it's so simple and dumb and stupid and mick and it's like kevin hi kevin says hi and then done which he didn't think there were duns he kept on thinking it was gun and i'm like i know i'm from texas but god Jeez. so yeah customer service have you pull up my hair i'm glad it's working today it's no i so i I've got it. I'm going to get fixed. Um, but I, I troubleshooted enough to where I know how to rig it up. I mean, I'm jump starting the El Camino, but <laughs> I'm on baby. There you go. You're in brother. All right. Anything else you, uh, you got for the people this week? I'm all good, man. Go Niners. Uh, it's just such a wide open year. I mean, I, I'm looking at eight teams left and, kind of like looking at the four teams or hell, even the eight teams when we were trying to figure out the college football playoffs, I can see all eight winning the whole fucking thing. So I know Trey calls it parody and yeah, it is, but I still think it's entertaining parody. So I'll take that. So um, if the Niners don't win it, I hope the Texans do. It's a likable Texans team. You think the Texans can win? The whole thing? Yeah. I think they have the worst odds. And because of their youth and inexperience and some deficiencies, but every team has that. Um, I think it's a long shot, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not, they're not one of those teams with a rookie quarterback and second year coach and they've been dog shit and Hey, we're in the playoffs. Fuck. Yeah. They can beat Baltimore. They beat Baltimore. <laughs> You're right. Anybody. Can Anybody. they beat Buffalo or Kansas city? I mean, do they do that back to back? Highly doubt it. Can they? Yeah. I, I, they're good enough to. And the other teams are flawed enough. You're right. Yeah. One of those years in the NFL. It'll be fun. Divisional round. My favorite round of the playoffs. I like it more when the Cowboys are in it. But, you know, I'm used to them not being in it. So there you go. Um, all right, all buddy. Right. It's been too long since we hung out. Let's do Uchiko and Yellow Rose. Which order? Yellow Rose, Uchiko, back to Yellow Rose. <laughs> I was going to say the exact same thing. <laughs> Great minds think. All right, brother. Then, Love you, man. And finished off with P. Terry's. There you go. Say because less. the women like it and we treat women well. Yes, like Chris Beard. Oh, all right. That's that's not it. <laughs> hey, classless. Don't do that shit here. Is it, is it classy for the coach to be berating college kids? <laughs> Not sure. Not this, sure. This gets into one of those like your parents are fighting. You're an asshole. You're a bitch. You're a hypocrite. And you're hearing it, and you're like, actually, both y'all are psychotic, and yeah. both yeah, both y'all are right. So, and neither one of y'all should be proud. Yep. That's uh, what a time.
What a time. All right, brother. Love you, man. See you soon. That's good. Love you. Be good. All right. That's going to do it for us. We'll be back tomorrow from 8 to 5, starting it off with Bucky and BK. We'll be previewing the divisional round, talking plenty of Texas football. We'll see if we get another transfer portal edition or two tonight. And, uh, yeah, plenty of sports and fun tomorrow on a football Friday. For Kevin Dunn and everyone at Texas Sports Unfiltered, I'm BK Brad Kellner. Y'all stay safe. Y'all stay healthy. And hook up. Welcome, y'all.